Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to He's taken another one, and another, and Howard Foster has stopped it! Wow! That is going to be controversial! That's a crunching right hand, and that must finish it! It must finish it! Taylor trying to catch himself, using his jab, eats a right hand, another right hand! Hello, hello. Welcome back to Raps on TV. It's me, your host, Kojo. Back again to bring you the best in boxing. Um, as you know, we're going to have a guest lined up. I'm going to let Nam go on and talk about that. But just wanted to say again, thank you to all the listeners from last week across the globe. We're tracking your numbers. Like Liam Nielsen, we will be finding you and we will be making sure you get your friends to subscribe. Um, but just to talk about what the agenda is going to be today, clearly we're going to be talking about Triple G versus Jacobs, a big fight in the middleweight division. Um, the result of the new Stevens fight, which really shouldn't take too long. Um, the next generation fight, which Inam and myself will be attending um, down at York Hall, uh, which is actually tomorrow night, Friday night, um, with some good prospects on the card there. And obviously the big news around the World Series boxing, which uh, Richard Shaver and Sauland made a bit of an announcement about last week. Elam, you want to say hello? What's up? Guten Tag. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again. Hi, hi everyone. Thanks again to all, all our listeners from the UK and USA and now around the world as well. The show is definitely attracting people from all over. We're pleased to say. Tonight we have one of the most polarising guys in British boxing. A man born to a British boxing legend with big shoes to fill. Comes with a record of 24-1-0 and an 80% KO ratio. We welcome the recently crowned IBO Super Middleweight Champion of the World, Chris Eubank Jr. We open the lines with Chris from about 7.45, so please do call in on 01506 243 403. We will cover each part of Chris's career so far and open the lines every few minutes, so do bear with us. Perfect. Okay. And just to repeat on what Nam said, um, obviously we've got a system here that we tried to um, manage and let callers die, uh, dial in and speak to the guests, so please bear with us and we'll be opening it up. Um, but I guess there's no better place to start than last weekend's results. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite long, really. I mean, um, Lemieux, David Lemieux out of Canada for um, Stevens for... Uh, it was just a no, it was no bell at stake, but it was a middleweight fight and... Yeah, I mean, don't know what else to say apart from you know it was a it was a massive knockout. Um, quite really, you could argue a stunning one. Probably going to be candidate for the year, considering the way that Stevens was just motionless um, after he felt that big hook. So um, for me, um, it's difficult to really be impressed by either of them because they've both obviously lost to Triple G. Um, you would hope that maybe this victory for Lemieux will maybe enhance Triple G's reputation in terms of the guys he's defeated in the way he's done it. But yeah, it's not really much to to, to kind of dissect about that fight. You know, what, what do you think? Yeah, I think you can't say much about that fight. It was over in three seconds, and that was a serious KO man yeah. I mean at one point I thought this is looking serious but the guy was out for a long yeah. time you know he was carried out on a stretcher as well mm-hmm. you know um, yeah the thing is once you've got something like Triple D in the division where do you go this is it do you know what I mean like yeah. you know yeah you, you you beat Stevens again you're in the mix again but when you're in the mix you're backing with the guy yeah precisely like, you, you where know do you I mean? go you know people are moving up or people are going down there's you know where do you go from here yeah. you know people are talking about maybe Canelo should fight him I mm. think that'd be a good fight you know I don't yeah. know if Canelo will fight Lumu. So, yeah, I don't think there's much we can say about that, to be yeah, honest. You know? and when you kind of look at who's there, I mean, they are kind of, like you said, not yet, not gatekeepers, that's totally wrong, but yeah, there isn't much options for him to say, well, I'm going to be a top fighter in that division until, I guess, really Triple G 
would leave uh, potentially leaves maybe goes up who knows but I think for me it was a kind of was a comprehensive victory one of those fights that you kind of just say okay he's fought a good opponent on his CV but actually technically there was nothing special about that performance um, it was just a, a good fight from Lemieux who who you know if let's not forget he's got history in terms of how in knockout um, credentials you know he's got a good ratio I think he's up in the 80% um, I'm pretty certain he he, he beat um, in Dam so Rosado these guys that he stopped so he's got good form and good history um, so, so where, where do you think you should go next coach? I'll be honest with you, it's it's a difficult one. I mean, there's some guys that potentially he could fight, um, but there's nothing that I can say. Could he could he go up? Could he move up a division? I don't think so either. Um, nah, I feel like going up is probably going to be even it's, harder. It's going to be even harder. Well, so you know? I'll be honest with you. I think it was a strange one. It was an impressive defeat. You know, could he rematch Triple G? I don't think that is any need for that because I thought the Triple G loss was. But I mean, like if it, I think post fight commentary, I think he did say he he he, he would take that chance again. Yeah. But I don't know if it's serious like that, that exactly. man. I mean, I think they're going to say that, but precisely you know, when every it, when, fighter is a promoter. Yeah, when it when it when it's when it's time it's uh, you know when it's time to get in there, I think it's you know we've we got triple G's. Once you get a bad boy like God once, I think once once in a lifetime yeah. is enough. Really. And I and I don't know if in the US they could generate enough business because they're trying to make Triple G a pay per view star, and I don't think this is pay per view worthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, tomorrow, and now we're going to be down at the York Hall Matchrooms Next Generations car, um, card, which is going on. A um, couple of guys on the card. One guy that we've had in the studio with us actually, Isaac Chamberlain. Um, you looking forward to tomorrow night's action? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a match room really, I think it's a really, really good card. You know, they're putting on some of their top up-and-coming talent in your call. Mm. You know, you've got Craig Spider-Richards, mm-hmm. Isaac Chamberlain, who's been on our show, uh, Bomber Bellotti. Yep. Jake Ball, making Felix his redemption. Cash, yeah, you know. So this is it's an interesting, interesting card. You know, I've got a lot of interesting things to look out for. Jake Ball, we got badly put out in the fight in Wembley, mm, but he's got his chance to make his redemption, yeah. come back, and you know, it'd be good to see how he bounces back. Precisely. You know, you got Isaac Chamberlain as well, returning back to the place where he had that tremendous fight. You know, dis- dislocated his shoulder. Yep. On the fifth or sixth round, and they had to carry on all the way, mm. all the way through the fight. And I was listening to him on Total Do earlier on today. You know, yeah. and the guy was just talking about like, you know, the mental struggle through that fight, that how you had to persevere. You know, can you imagine a dislocated I mean. shoulder, the pain you're going through, but the belief that he has as well. Yeah, yeah. What, what about you? What are you looking forward yeah, to? Yeah, no. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, spoke to a, a couple of guys within the camp. So caught up with Jimmy Mack. Um, who's obviously working in the Belletti corner. So there's, they're confident. Um, they're saying that Belletti's looking in good shape. Um, they're telling people, you know, those of you that are going to see him on Sky Sports 1, look out, it's going to be a good performance. Um, we know that Belletti's got a lot of potential, um, spoken about very highly, even by one of our panellists, Mr. Mr. Gary Logan. Um, but he speaks about him highly and, and and I'm looking forward to seeing him fight. Um, Di Davis should be a good good tear-up. Obviously, he's heading the bill on that. Um, Chamberlain, as we know, um, somebody that is definitely a prospect that we're excited to see. Um, and I just want to see him keep impressing in his fights and make a bit of a name for himself for me the guy who I do hope to get on the show soon as well um, is that I'm looking forward to is Craig Spider Richards um, I think that he's a guy that's making a good name for himself um, he's in a division where you know this is just for the record this is a I believe it's an English this is it's, it's a southern if it's, not, it's, a, it's, it's a, a southern area fight it's a southern area, area fight, fight isn't it yeah, yeah so yeah. you know this is the big opportunity for him to kind of make a stake uh, in terms of the matchroom ranks you know he's there um, you want to see them promote him I think he's an exciting fighter and, and the I'm, super middleweight division like within within the UK is starting to get packed out yes. you know you've got 
Craig Richards, you mm-hmm. got Daryl Williams, who we yep. know really well. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Smash Le- a Smile, Smash a Smile, Leron Sniper Richards, over over yep. with like Frank Boris. So he's keep going to pack that it's division. Gonna you know, he's he's gonna, very you know, entertaining. So for me, I think it's it, it's a good it's gonna be it's a good look. So um, yeah, looking forward to that. So guys, make sure you listen into the show next week when we'll go with a, a review on those fights. But also for those of you down in the UK or that will know how to stream, um, make sure you try and check it out. Um, it's on Sky Sports One, I believe, uh, tomorrow night. So and it's also sh- on uh, Sky Sports their Facebook as well. Oh, it's on their yeah, Facebook, yeah, so they're trying to get interactive. Yeah, yeah. So they're setting setting the benchmark. So make sure you guys look out for that. Um, it should be an exciting fight um, or fight. Sorry. Um, the other thing I guess really leading into that is there was the news last week very briefly on the world's uh, boxing super series you heard about that in um, 50 million I have yeah um, prize cash yeah. I mean what was your initial thoughts when you heard that news well it's not like the super six that's that's basically what it is isn't it in, yeah. in a nutshell you know and uh, I think it's brilliant man do you know what I mean like, I mean the super six I mean I'm just going to be off topic about the super six you basically got all the champions together into one tournament it was 168 mm. pound mm. Uh, tournament yeah but you know there was no avoiding basically yeah. you would have ended up with the undisputed 160 well actually Lucien Butte wasn't in it he had the yeah. IBF belt but all the other belts were in it yeah but it was a brilliant tournament yeah. you know it was some brilliant brilliant fights in it and uh, I mean they haven't really specified what weight divisions they're going to have in it have no, they? No they haven't there's yeah. been rumours that it could be middleweight as well so who knows um, but they haven't the, from what I understand there's going to be two divisions they're going to select so which ones do you think it's going to be? It's going to be the two plus packed divisions, right? You think? Yeah, yeah. see, I would say mi- middle and even lightweight. You I think, think middleweight because middleweight, you know, like it's just that thing, isn't it? It's just got triple G, man. It's just this a dead, I mean, yeah. dead, dead division. I think it might be 154 pounds is good. 135 pounds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Actually, a good point on 147, that. 154, that yeah. Division, and that's the thing, really. there's quite a few. So um, I, I, I don't know. Um, my thing is, how are they going to get the bodies to agree? To in so when they so the process that they're saying they're going to have is they're going to have a board, and the board essentially are going to create a list from the top fifteen ranked boxers mm. throughout the, the two divisions they they're going to choose from, and then they're going to invite the fighters to come and participate in this tournament. Yeah. If some of those fighters have belts, my thing is they're going to need to get agreement with the promoter, yeah. not just the promoter, the the boxing body as well. And my my fear is how much is that going to eat into that fifty million before yeah, I'm that sure is then reduced to price. Like Sanctioning free agreement, if you know, you probably like you know whoever's got the Bill, every time they fight, they've got to pay a sanction for your standard. It's probably going to be something I mean. so, like that. So things like that. I mean? and, then, and then the other flip side to that is then will it be interesting for the guy that's got the belt? I think they haven't broken down what the purse is going to be per fight because you're kind of looking at it the way I'm visioning it or visualizing it, it's kind of like a World Cup quarterfinal, essentially. That yeah. you got the fights, you go from the quarters to the semis to the finals, yeah. and obviously you have the winner that gets the Muhammad Ali trophy. So, so guys, keep a keep, keep an eye out for that. Um, you know, we think I think that's going to be exciting. Like I said, it starts in September. This this year, so September 2017 is going to be the first rounds between um, September and October, um, and it could be in the UK, it could be in mainland Europe, and it could be in the US. So I think as boxing fans, you know, these are th- this is something we can't turn our nose at. When PBC mm. was launched, a lot of guys were turning their nose up at it, People and, still turning and still up do. Up but they, this year, especially, you've seen them providing quality fights. So I think for me, this is just an opportunity to strengthen the position of boxing. Yeah. So hopefully, we all get into it, and um, we reached out to Team Sourland to try and get some information on that so I'm going to quickly go to the big one before our guest joins us because we can see the countdown time for him coming Triple G versus Jacobs I mean Inam what were your thoughts when you heard this fight was made well I think you know everyone's being cool well everyone who's not 
suck it up to Triple G 100%. Mm-hmm. Still think there's a lot of unanswered questions. I mean, I was really, really happy to hear about it, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be one of his first stern tests. Yep. I don't think it's going to be his sternest test, so, but I think the mm-hmm. only time he's really going to get a stern test now, you know, based on who's in the division, only when he moves up to 168 pounds. Agreed. I think he's going to win quite comprehensively, to be honest. And the reason I say that is because mm-hmm. And I remember many, many years ago, right, um, Daniel Jacobs was the golden boy, golden boy. Mm -hmm. You know, they were really pushing him out Mm -hmm. until he got knocked, you know, really sparked out by Dimitri Pirog. You know, he was fighting for the WBO belt then. And then he suddenly disappeared if he had cancer, Mm -hmm. you know. So his story is incredible as well. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, he's had Mm -hmm. full cancer come back. But Mm -hmm. I suppose the point I'm making, he got put down, right? And that's not the first time in terms of, okay, he hasn't lost by a knockout, but he has been put down in previous fights. Yeah, Yeah. agreed. You know, so that, you know, I think is going to be his downfall in this fight. You know, the way way I think he could could probably win this fight is he's going to have to sort of fight at range and and just have to try and outbox. Uh, outboxing his counter triple G a bit like what Kel Brook was doing but obviously mm. he's a lot bigger than Kel Brook so let's see if his punches have any impact on yeah. triple G but that guy's chin just seems to be made of iron yeah I mean you I know? definitely think you're right in terms of a tactic for Jacobs to try and win the fight he's need, he needs to have good movement I think mm. he needs to kind of because triple G is good at cutting off the ring but I think he needs to number one he needs to have good movement but when and I think he should try and use the jab but when he engages he needs to engage with a purpose mm. um, because I think you can't fight triple G with these one shots one shots I think you know you just mentioned Kel Brook and other fighters even Monroe Jr yes they lost but their better points within the fight was when they were trying to fight in in bunches you know they were punching in bunches so I think that's an important thing um, so who, do, do, who do you think will win this fight Coach? so um, I okay honestly when the first fight was first made I thought it would be an easy Triple G win um, as it's moved on and I've been you know studying both fighters a bit more I still think Triple G wins Um I'm hoping it goes to the later rounds. I think it's going to be a stoppage. I don't see it going on points. I think it's going to be a stoppage, whether it's the ref, whether it's an absolute knockout. Um, so for me, um, I think Triple G wins. What I do like about this fight in terms of what Jacobs brings to the table, I think he brings good power. Um, I think if you look at his KO ratio, again, it's up in the 80s. So mm. that suggests mm. he's got good KO power. Um, I think even his record for first round knockouts is something in the double digits. It might mm. be 10 or 11, but he's got good first round knockouts. And we saw that not too long ago with Peter Quillen. Um, for me, I just think it's all about him not... He, he, for me, it's his chinny. If I'm going to be like, yeah. I, I don't see him being as a solid, strong fighter that can maybe absorb and st- has that durability to just stand toe to toe with Triple G. And that's where I so think the battle lies. So is this lies. a stern test then for Triple G? And does this answer questions? Stern, it is, it is, it is a, it's, it's a test that you can applaud because if you look at Brooke, for me, get that off the table. Yeah. Um, did it, it, that done him harm in my eyes um, as, as a boxing purist in inverted mm. commas. Um, Yes, I would say so, because this is a guy that has a belt. Um, you would argue it's the number one, number two in the division. Um, you would argue that he's facing a guy that's got longer reach than him, You would argue, which, which is true. Um, you'd also say he's fighting a guy that's younger than him. So is this one of his better tests? I say yes. Am I happy the test has come? I would say yes, I am. But it is quite late into his career for someone that's so 34 years old. After this fight... You know, I mean, his his whole argument is I want to become undisputed champ, mm. right? So the only belt left is with Billy Joe Saunders, mm-hmm. right? Um, so do you think he should fight Billy Joe Saunders or just move? Up? I mean, get bear in mind, I think I, if, I, I think I'm, I think I'm right when I'm saying like Bernard Hopkins, I think was the last undisputed middleweight champion of the world. Is that yeah? Yes, I think you are right. So 
when Bernard Hopkins became the undisputed middleweight champion of the world, the WBO, because I've done an mm. article on this once, right? Mm. You know, the WBO belt was in ex- existence, mm. right? So really, on a like-for-like basis, right? Yeah. You know, if you compare what he's achieved, mm. you know, in terms of capturing three of the major belts, he's, yeah. he's, he's replicated what Bernard Hopkins has done, you yes. know? So for me, I think, you know, it's more than enough now. There's not really no point in you no fighting. Ben, what's the point of fighting Billy Joe Saunders? You know, I think, you know, he needs to move up now. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and I think for me that's what I've been questioning or the question is probably strong because I am a fan of Triple G I think he's a good fighter there's no way as a boxing fan you can argue and say you know somebody that steps in the ring hunts throws punches strong jab good knockout ratio you know he's got a devastating left hook you can't not like Triple G I think for me what it is is the hype around him that is really mm-hmm. makes you kind of say well you know what guys slow down he's good but he's not great yet you know at the end of the day in our era and eras obviously gone before the guys that we really respect the most are the guys that have gone through the, the weights. The thing is, though, as well, though, uh, Coach, right? And um, the way you know he's been followed by casuals and ultra-casual fan base, mm-hmm. right, is because his hype and his so-called fan base doesn't translate into money when it comes to pay-per-view. Very true. In a nutshell, yeah. you know, if you look at it like that... Even ticket sales. Even, even ticket sales, you know, it, it doesn't compare to, mm. like, the superstars of boxing like Canelo. yeah. Right, you know, which comes back to the whole argument with Canelo about how they split up the pay per view share, mm. etc., stuff like that. You know, and I think if I if I if I had the, I mean, I, I like Triple G as well. You mm. know, I'm, I'm a fan of his, right? But I think um, I see exactly where you're coming from, and I agree with exactly what you're mm. saying. Yeah, I think the hype, there's too much hype there. Yeah. Without, you know, I mean, and 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 it's and it's and, and it's not consistent, mm. right? What it's not consistent, right? Mm. But you know, you know. The same people that will say Kel Brook done a wicked job moving up two divisions, right, will not say the same thing about Triple G moving up. Exactly. Or the same people saying, oh, Floyd should move up and fight Triple G. They'll I mean, be like, yeah, he should move up and fight Triple G. But when you say the same thing, well, should surely he should be moving up now. Mm-hmm. And there's guys there. I mean, Badu Jack is, is, is just one name I could pull out, which you might say, he'll beat Badu Jack but then you think about the difference the disadvantage that Triple G will have going into the fight mm. you might say mm, actually could be interesting you know um, obviously Ward is the big name but I think that'd be that's a very not going to happen fight with Badu Jack, I think I mean, it'll like, be an interesting fight I mean, when he fought James DeGale man that was uh, I mean I thought James DeGale would comprehensively outbox him yeah, and man he, he toughed him he out man. Exactly. you know what I mean so, he's the kind of guy I think that would take Triple G's punches and yeah, keep coming forward that, you know what so, I mean so that, and, and he's also shown that he's lost a fight via knockout and he's been knocked out so yeah. it makes it a bit more more intriguing in terms of what the outcome would be so I think you know we are definitely going to keep talking about this I mean I'm looking forward to it um, we also got Chocolatito on the undercard and we'll talk about that afterwards but yeah for me this is a fight um, do you see what what do you see Jacobs having any chance of, of, of winning or you in your position you said I it's think comprehensive. you know the only way he could really do is like we're saying I mean he has to constantly move for 12, 12 rounds and you know, he's just got to stop Triple G from setting but you know the guy is so fast I mean you see you know when he when he fought that Mexican guy I can't remember his name now you know you know the guy throws punches from unbelievable angles and mm. he generates power as well mm-hmm. I mean he's a unique character Triple yeah. G you yeah. know um so I think you're going to be someone incredibly special to be mm. able to beat this guy, man. Yes. You're going to be, you know, someone like a boxing genius like Floyd Mayweather, like mm. really nullify all his strengths, you know. Yeah. And I don't think Daniel Jacobs is that man. To yeah. Be honest. And I think, and you know, as like you said, he's got a great story. Um, one of the things I have been impressed with overall with Jacobs, he hasn't been intimidated at all through all the press conferences. He's kind of shown that, yeah, I'm here to fight. Um, he believes in his, his ability. You know, like I said. Um, you know, he's working now with Virgil Hunt now, I believe. Mm. He's somehow he's got Chris Algieri doing is it the food and nutrition or strength and conditioning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um 
they believe in their in in the camp. Um, I think the keys for this fight is also for Jacobs. It has to be the tempo, mm. the tempo that he has that that he allows the fight to be fought mm. at. You know, he can't let Triple G just hunt him down, hunt him down. If he is, he's got to make sure that he's throwing jabs at Because to me, Triple G's head movement when he's coming in is non-existent. Mm. I feel that he kind of just walks straight towards you and his head's there yeah. to be hit. Um, I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think, you know, when he comes, every time he says, I do that to allow the, for them to hit me so the fans get a good fight. Do you think that's true or is that just Not bullshit? against Brooke. I think against Willie Monroe Jr. I think some opponents may be because I think he probably knows he's got the beating of them, you know, and his power will wear them down. So Monroe, I feel, was one of those examples, and Brooke. But other fights, um, and, and okay, you could argue Wade, but I would say no, I don't think so. I think his defence is not that great. I think mm. that is his weak spot, you know, when a stronger fighter would, uh, would, would um, you know, rip into that. So, I mean, what do, do you think about his... What do you think about that? Do you think he, he allows people to hit him on purpose? No, I th- I th- I, th- I think I agree with you. I think you know. I think he's got poor head movement. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's how it comes across to me. Like, yeah. irrespective. I mean, like, really, does a boxer really want to get hit? You know, I mean, surely he's going to be thinking about his long-term mental health as well. You know, does it? Does does he really want to get? Does he really want to get? Okay. So, so guys, um, we've got. Uh, do you want to? Oh, you go for it. Okay. Man. Yeah. So, um, we've got a guest now coming in, dialing in uh, into the studio. Um. As Inam said, somebody with the name which is, you know, which basically rings bells through the boxing British history. Um, he's recently won uh, the IBO, IBO Super Medal, so he's now looking to challenge for big honours. And um, we're really pleased to have him on the show with us um, to talk about his career and his aspirations. We have Mr. Chris Eubank Jr. Hello, Chris. How you doing, guys? Uh, hey, how you doing, Chris? Thank you so much, mate, for giving us the time. It's, it's an absolute pleasure, man. You're one of the big guys, the big names in boxing, and we're really privileged to have you on the show. No worries, man. Thank you very much. So, Chris, um, as uh, we're going to start some of the questions and get the interview uh, going, we've got our listeners that are eager to hear some of your answers. Um, but I guess you know it's the first time we interact. Um, we know that your father is obviously a big personality in British boxing. Um, one of the things I've always wanted to ask you is, you know, especially with your style of fight, um, have you ever felt the pressure um, knowing that you've got a father um, that was obviously one of the best? boxes in British history um, do you ever felt the pressure do you ever feel that pressure um, with the connection uh, that the father, your father brings um, you know it, obviously growing up and being in the same sport as a man who's achieved so much um, I guess it does bring certain pressures but I, I used I used the expectation I used the fact that I knew everyone was watching me and and, and expecting me to achieve so much I use that to my advantage, whereas some fighters, if, you would have, if they would have taken it as like, okay, this is too much pressure, it's too much, it's too much to live up to, and that would have affected them negatively. I used it in a positive way because I knew all eyes were on me. It made me train harder, it made me run further, it made me fight more and more ferociously because I knew I had this legacy to live up to. So, Chris, how important was it for you to emulate your father and go on, go on and become a world champion? You know, I mean. Emulate, emulate what he achieved. Yes, I wanted. I, I want to uh, be as successful as he was. I want to be, um, you know, I, I want to be a world champion that uh, is, is remembered and and has a successful career. So, it, in terms of that, that's what I want to emulate. But in terms of him, uh, him and me as as fighters, we are two different fighters. So, I'm not really emulating him how he fought. I have my own style. I have my own. You know, I'm my own man, so um, you know I, I want to emulate anybody 
all the champions that have successful careers, that, that's what I want to emulate. Um, you were on uh, ITV Box Office very, very recently, and um, you know it's a great, great production as we uh, covered in one of our shows. One of the things I also like picked up on that, Chris, is like um, was a clip where Linux was persuading your father to allow you to box. Can you just tell us the? You know, it's a great story. Can you just tell us what happened and the backstory behind that? Yeah, a lot of people um, might not believe this, but my father actually uh, forbid me for boxing for quite a few years as a kid. So um, I was probably about 12, 12 years old, 12, 13. That's when I really started to uh, want to try out the sport. And my father wouldn't let me. You know, he told me, um, you know, play, play football, play, uh, you know, play rugby, mm-hmm. play tennis, um, you know, play anything where, you know, you don't have to get punched in the face pretty much he knew he knew the hardship he knew the dedication and the and the sacrifice i would have to make uh and the, and the things i would have to go through in my life to become a successful fighter and i guess he didn't want me to have to go through that um it, you know it, it is a tough career choice and uh, so that's I, I think that's why he tried to steer me away from it but you know over the years i just kept kept on him kept on him kept on him about wanting to wanting to start this wanting to try the sport and um, I think one of the turning points was when Benlux actually came to the house. He was sitting down in his office, in my dad's office, and, um, you know, my father told him, you know, I don't want my son to fight. And Benlux said to him, you know, you can't, you know, you telling your son he can't fight is like, you know, a parent telling telling their child they don't want him to drive because they want to get in a car crash. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you, you can't go through life... Um, that's not how you you know you have to let you have to let people you know experience life and and, and do what they want to do yeah and i think from from then on i think a few months later i was i was in my i was in a boxing gym for the first time so lux definitely had a you know he had a, a significant impact on on me uh starting starting boxing so chris just uh, so talking on that so what type of amateur experience were did you get obviously once your father had approved it um, you to box, you know, what what what, le- what level were you fighting at as an amateur? Were you at, with a club or anything like that? Uh, I I trained for a, for a short period of time in England and then once my father saw how serious I was about, um, you know, taking the sport on, uh, he, he decided to send me to Las Vegas. Um, and that is where I started my amateur career. Um, under the guidance of uh, a fighter called Mike McCallum, the body snatcher. He was my first mm-hmm. trainer out there. And then I, I went on to train with Floyd Mayweather Sr. Um, but I had my first, I think, 10 or 11 fights out there. And in my, in my, within, within five fights, I'd already won the Nevada State Golden Gloves. So, um, wow, impressive. Yeah, that's started realizing okay this this kid's got something yeah no that's 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 impressive especially getting the experience with the mayweather camp um yeah that that what was that like um at the time you went there obviously was it it must have been intimidating how did you kind of hold your own yeah i mean you know vegas is a lot of people think vegas is just the strip and the casinos and the strip clubs and all the rest of it but um you know outside of that you have uh, you know the boxing capital of the world now. It used to be New York. Now it's Vegas because 
you know, all these huge fights happen in these casinos. Um, so at any given time, you've got, you know, a, a large group of, of champions and top fighters that are training in Vegas. Firefighters have to come there and kind of acclimatize because it's, it's so hot, it's desert, it's high altitude. So they come mm -hmm. there and train there before they fight. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was thrown into lines then from, from, from day one. And, uh, and I think that's what made me, uh, that's what made me the fire I am today. Tough, hard headed, um, <laughs> resilient. I yeah. learned all that from uh, being thrown into the fire pit from, from an early age. Yeah. And yeah, Trey Floyd and his father was, uh, you know, some of the best experiences I had, uh, starting off in, in, in boxing. Yeah, Fantastic. we've been to Vegas a couple of times. I've got to say, you know, like that, in that kind of environment, it's you know, with all the kind of things there, the the casinos, the women, everything. It must be so hard to keep your head down and just stay in the gym and train, man. Um, anyway, I was just looking at your stats, Chris, and I was really surprised to see, like, you know, there was something like five or six guys that actually made it all the way through, and you know, you, you actually beat them on points, then knock, knock them out. And so I started looking at it a bit more detail, and I saw like noticed that it was pretty much the early stage of your career. Like people like Terry Carruthers and you know guys like that who would, who would expect you to put them down quite early. They sort of uh, survived it all the way to the end. Did, what, did you sort of like change your style after a few few fights? And you know, following that from that, you got like 19, 19 run KO, you know, uh, record run on sixteen street KOs. Did you change your style? What, what happened to you before you to become such a destructive finisher? Uh, I don't know if it's, it's my style that changed. I think just you know. You, you grow into a man, you, you get that man strength, you learn, um, you just you just learn how to, to put punches together correctly and, and, and how to hit harder just through training. Um, obviously, at, at a younger age, you're, you're less experienced, you might, you might do things you're not really supposed to do or that you, you know, you might, you might try different ways to, to finish a guy that won't work, whereas as you get more experience, you learn to take your time, you learn to pick shots more, and or you, you, you just know how to, you know, go into that beast mode and just, and and, and, and take these guys out with a flurry of punches and, and you just become more effective. So I don't mm. think I changed my style. I sure. just I just improved over the years. Sure, you just yeah. like improve your technique and uh, the man's strength, you say, as you say, that came into it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, it's just a natural progression. Good, Chris. So um, one of the unique points of our show, as you, you, as you probably would know, is that we do have um, fans listening and we also give them the opportunity to call in and obviously we vet them to the, to the best of our ability. Um, so we've got a caller on the line, um, one of our residents, um, I believe it's uh, Mr. Daniel. Um, so I'm going to open him the line up to him and he's going to probably ask you a question. So uh, 985, the floor is yours. Hello? Good evening, gentlemen. How, How are you doing? We? We're good, Dan. thanks. Uh, question or statement? We, we do good, do good, good. We're uh, doing good, thanks. Question or statement for Mr. Yeah. Eubank? Uh, bit Junior. of both, really. All I can say is to young Chris, keep doing what you're doing, and at least he had the kahunas to step step up in weight, challenge for the title, un unlike Triple G, like you were saying earlier. Mm. I think it's time for Triple G to step up, step up in weight, and step up to the plate and start fighting somebody. But that's all I've got to say. So Chris, keep going, keep grafting, keep training hard, and Wishing you all the best, mate. Cheers, thanks, D. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it. Cheers, thank you. And we're just going to go out to uh, another another caller. So seven one zero, seven one zero. Hello. Hello. Hi, seven one zero. Yeah, hello. Yes, 
Uh, uh, yeah, mine's Ali. Um, Hi, Ali. Yep, from uh, Romford. I just want to say a few words to Chris. Yep, he's on the line. Go ahead. Uh, hello, Chris. How you doing, mate? You all right? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Yeah, no, I've been a, been a big fan for you for a while. I've been following you. All I'd like to say is, allow all the haters. Uh, first of all, I said, well done for allowing all the haters because that is one stressful way to handle it. And I think you've handled it well on social media. And also, um, do what you're doing. You're doing very well. You're positive. Um, quite inspired by your um, passion and hopefully I'll see more belts down your way and good luck with everything keep on going and hopefully to yeah. see you in the rings very soon thank you thank, thank you very much May June that should be the next one you say that's May June May June we're looking to be out I mean I'm, I'm trying to get out as quickly as possible but um it looks like it's going to be May, June well, when I will be out again next. Uh, Would you still be at 168 pounds? Great. Thank you. Thank, uh, sorry, sorry. Thank you, um, Ali, for that. Just going to go to one more caller. Um, so, guys, bear with us. Sorry. We, we've got to get some questions. So, we've got 998. Nine, nine, eight. Oh, hello. Yeah, it's Mike Seven, Michael Angelo. How are you doing, Mike? Um, you you, are, yeah, you well? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Good. So, question or statement for Chris? Um, yeah, I mean, I just tuned in. So, you know, I'm again, I'm late. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, who, um, you know, if Billy Joel Saunders, um, I mean, I don't know what's next for him, like, but who do you think is the best, better fighter out of him and Gennady Golovkin? Cheers. Thanks, Michael. That- um, Billy Joel Saunders is a bum. He is uh, he's a fraud. He doesn't want to fight anybody. He says he wants to fight people and he doesn't fight anyone. Uh, he, you know, he sits at home in his caravan and, and eats pies and chips all day, puts on a whole bunch of weight. And, uh, and, and, and in my opinion, he shames the sport. He, he's not, he's not an ambassador for the sport of boxing. He doesn't, he doesn't bring anything into the sport that people can look up to. Would, um, you, would you give him a rematch, Chris? <clears throat> would you give him a rematch? I, I, I have to give him, I have, I have to get the rematch because he has a win over me, which I don't believe he deserved, and I need to even the score. Um, you know, since that fight, I've I've improved tenfold as a fighter, and I don't think he's improved at all. I think he's just the same fighter, um, and that's why he doesn't want the rematch. He doesn't want he doesn't want to get exposed. And, and Chris, so, uh, that's, sorry, Karen. So as far as who's the better fighter between uh, Golovkin and, and Saunders, I mean, it's really no, there's no, there's no debate. It's you know, Saunders is is. Uh, is an average fighter. Golovkin is seen as one of the best fighters in the world. And um, so, yeah, there's no comparison. Yeah. And on that, I mean, he asked about the Billy Joe. Would you say, Chris, maybe the um, the strategy for the fight, um, maybe it wasn't the best strategy to, to get that, to, to get the victory over Billy Joe Saunders in the first one? And would you change the strategy at all if you were to get the rematch? Well, I didn't win, so of course it wasn't the best strategy. You know, this this was a this was a fight. This was my first twelve round fight, so um, you know, I went in there with the mentality of I'd only ever gone eight rounds before that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, how am I going to feel in the eighth, the tenth, the eleventh? Uh, and I think that made me pace myself too early on in the fight. Um, and then once it got to the fifth round or so, I I kind of realised. You know, I can do this. This is easy. This is nothing. This guy has nothing. He's he has nothing on me, and that's when I just 
you know, I, I just went back to how I how I've always been. Just that beast mode just switched on, and uh, I dominated the rest of the fight. So um, when the rematch does happen, how I how I started in the fifth sixth round, that's how I'll start from round number one. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I would. I, I, that's probably how I would have sort of fight. Now you've said that, Chris, it makes sense mm. to me why you didn't go. You know, start the fight like where you finished it, and you yeah. know the way you finished the fight. If, if there's a rematch, yeah, I think you win it quite easily. You know, um, just about the ITV box office, Chris. I mean, that was a pioneering move by you and your father. Um, you know, the way you saw like working with them directly without having promoters in the middle. Can you talk more about it and 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 the deal you've got with them? And and do you expect to fight? a few more times with ITV I'm definitely looking to, to fight regularly on ITV um, obviously they they want me as their flagship fire um, to push the, the new pay-per-view channel and um, you know we're, we're off to a great start you know winning that the IBO Super Middleweight World title on ITV and uh, you know it's, it's we're just going to be moving on to bigger and better things throughout the year um so yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, and on that, I mean, that's like that's a key word that you said that they wanted to you as their their flagship fighter. I mean, the boost in confidence that must do to you to have you know a, a, an iconic you know landmark channel in in the UK ITV um, promoting you in such fashion. Um, what I want to link that to, Chris, is that you know I'm sure you've heard this. People that on social media, you know, the haters the haters will say. Uh, his father's ruined his career. He needs to let him speak. He needs to do this. Clearly, with this ITV deal, it shows that you're not actually going in the wrong position. Um, but how would you respond to those critics that 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 say that that your father's ruining your career and they need to, you know, let take a back seat? <clears throat> how would you respond to that? You know, people people throughout history have always, um, you know, had opinions and and spoke on things that they actually know nothing about. Mm-hmm. or they think they know about but they actually don't um, you know I can't tell you how many times ever people come up to me and say uh, you know oh, Chris it was uh, I saw your last fight it was a great fight but you know you should have thrown this punch in that round and you, know, you should have done this then and all this stuff and I'm looking at them like oh okay so when was your last world title <laughs> fight I didn't know you were a, I didn't know you were a professional fighter those yeah. people in the crowd so saying punch him Chris punch him yeah, it's, it's you know, yeah, it's the same thing. You get people in the crowd and they're saying, "Oh, you know, jab him, jab him, jab him. two, one, two, or you know, give him yeah. the left hook." It's like you know, you you don't know what it's like to be in there. You don't yeah. know mm. the ins and outs of the business. Um, you don't know, you don't know boxing. You know, you, just because you watch it on TV it doesn't mean that you know everything that's going on behind the scenes. So, mm. someone for the people to say, you know, your father's doing this and he's ruining your career and all that. Um, you know, it's. I don't really take any notice of it. It's just, it's just something people do. They they talk on things they don't understand. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm IBO super middleweight world champion, 24 and one. Um, I'm not. What you know, I I haven't done too bad for myself to put mm. it lightly. So why would I now at this stage in my career get rid of somebody who's been there for me? since day one mm. well I mean it makes no you commercial know. business sense does it I mean your father comes with a massive brand you know number one if you just look at it purely from a business point of view he's got a huge brand you know he's got the key network you know that anyone would want to tap into like why, why would you get rid of mm. something like that it just makes no sense yeah but anyway, no, th- I think, thank you thank, thanks for that Chris at the, so, at the sorry. end of the day at the end of the day um, you know you watch you look at these fires they have these fights and they go throughout their careers they change trainers they change they change managers, they change promoters, they, you know, 
they'll, they'll have people in their corner one time and then they'll lose and then those people will never be seen again. Um, that will never happen with my father. I know he'll always be there. Uh, he'll always have my back no matter what. And that's why I keep him around because I know he's he's there for me. He's not there for any other, uh, you know, side motives or any other reason apart from he wants to see me become the most successful fighter I can be. Oh, that's and that's very important. Um, so, Chris, Chris, we're going to go out to the lines again. We've got a few, got three, a couple of more callers that we're going to open the lines to. Um, so, zero eight one, um, zero eight one. The floor is yours. I believe that's our resident. Haven't spoken to her in a while. Zero eight one. How you doing, Kojo? Nicholas here. How you doing? How you doing, Nicholas? Good to speak to you. So, we've got Chris Eubank on the line. Do you want a question or statement? Give him, give him a yeah, question a or statement. Question. A little question. Good evening, Chris. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your last fight. Uh, I think, like, in compared from, from your last fight compared to the previous one, I saw a massive, massive improvement. So I know, like, you're really working hard on your game. You, you know what I mean? That's and, right. Uh, a question for me, a question for me is basically, uh, I know that there's been a lot of game, a lot of names that's been thrown around in the game that who you like to fight. But you personally, who would you like to fight? And you think that, you know, it's a big name out there that you could probably really take on and give it a good go. Within, and it's probably a very possible fight within the next 12 months. Cheers. Th- thank you. Thank you, Nicholas. I want the girl. I want James. I want James DeFeo. That's what I call him. Okay. He's, uh, <laughs> this guy is, is uh, you know, he's got, he's got his world title in the Sism Middleweight division. I've got mine. Um, you know, we we don't get along. You know, it's not an act. We we genuinely uh, don't like each other. Um, you know, we've had we've had we've we've clashed, we've bumped heads throughout the years, and and uh, and we need to get it done. You know, he he thinks he he can beat me. I know I can beat him, and the public want to see the fight. Um, so I don't understand why. It shouldn't happen this year, you know. I mean, he's he's talking about he wants to, he, you know, he wants to make as much money as he can before he before he finishes his career. You know, I'm the biggest money fight out there for him. So um, James the girl, that's the that's the one so I is, would is, pick for. Right. Is is that who you you know if you could have him next, is that who you'd go for, or Chris? Yeah, I mean Golovkin's fighting this weekend, so he's not going to be available for a little while. Mm-hmm. Saunders is uh, is running scared, mm-hmm. so. Um, so it's the girl. That's that's the name. Perfect. That's that's I want. So we're going to go out to another caller. Zero one zero, zero one zero. The floor is yours. Hello. Good evening. Hi guys. So many. How's it going? Hi. Hi. Hi so many. You're right. How you doing? You're right. Question or statement, Sullivan? Too bad. Too bad. Uh, I've got a question for Chris. A bit of a statement. A bit of a question. Perfect. Congrats on the last fight. Uh, as you guys know, I'm from Ilford, Nigel Ben Territory, but I've always grown up a Eubank fan. Me and my father. So. Uh, always been a fan of the Eubank so uh, um, really enjoying watching uh, Chris's career my question was a simple one really you've been professional for five years now um, you've got you've got a belt underneath you now you've got a record and you're now in a position where you can go for both two divisions or for middleweight and a super middleweight now middleweight division I don't see many fighters there apart from the Glovkin that would probably interest you I know David Lemieux had a good a great win recently I would, that's a fight I'd like to see and in the super middleweight rankings, you know, you've got fighters there from Gilberto Ramirez to Groves and Callum Smith and their old brothers, for example. Which of those fights would you think is likely? I know you mentioned the girl a minute ago, but, you know, recently where the hand's been saying, and as you mentioned yourself, the girl doesn't seem to want to want it. Who else would be 
someone that you think you could get the fight with and would be a fight that would build your reputation and a fight that fans would actually want to see now? Who do you think you could fight that would, you know, would Canon's just obviously going to get your world titles or someone like a George Groves maybe? Is that something you'd look at? You know, even a Martin Murray who was around. Thanks, Sullivan. Let him answer. You've got to give him all the, all the boxes he could have. But no, great, really great question, Sullivan. Great question, uh, uh, Sullivan. Thanks. Uh, uh, Chris, so do you want to answer that? Anybody with a belt, you know, people ask me who you think you can, he's asking me who I think I can get. I don't know. I don't. I don't know the mentality these fighters have. Nobody's calling me out. Good um, point. Good point. You know, no, no, nobody. None of these guys are saying they want to fight me. They're all keeping quiet. So, um, you know, I, I just want belts. I want belts. Um, it doesn't matter who has them. Uh, obviously, I've said the names I've said as far as you know who I would like to fight personally. But um, outside of that, you know, it's it's just whoever has the belts. Groves is fighting for a belt. Um, Callum yeah. Smith, uh, Chudinov, yep. you know all these guys. It, it really doesn't matter to me. I don't know them, so I mean I know I know Grove slightly, but yeah. um, and I think that would be a great fight. Um, he was he was actually offered to fight me on ITV, and he priced himself out, um, oh, which is like him just you know saying saying he doesn't want to fight without actually having to say it. Yeah. Um, Interesting, but you know, any, anybody can get it in the super middleweight division and the middleweight division. I'm coming for everybody. You know, it, it, I was hoping you say that. That's that uh, Broner line. Anybody can get it. So <clears throat> good to hear that, uh, uh, Chris. So listen, we've got another caller, and we're just going to open it up. Two five one, two five one. The floor is yours. Hello. Uh, hi. Good evening. It's uh, Dwayne calling from Below the Belt TV. Hi, Dwayne. How you doing? Yes, it's good. Not too bad, Frank. Good, good. Appreciate you calling in. Um, hope everything's going well. Uh, question or statement for uh, Chris? Uh, question. Perfect. Uh, Chris, um, thanks for your time. Just wondering if you've got like a top five list of fighters and do you have a date scheduled with ITV as to when you may come out next? Cheers. Thanks for that, Dwayne. Um, a top five. I... I don't. I, I don't think I can give you a top five. I can. I can tell you the fighters that I looked at the most. Um, you know, kind of as, as in regards to trying to emulate um, their fighting styles, and that would be fighters like um, Roy Jones, uh, Leonard, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Hagler, Hearns. Um, those type of fighters are the, are the guys that I would look at, and my father. Uh, I would look at and and kind of and try to, you know, take things from their styles and, and add it to what I already had. Um, and what was the other part? The, of the second question? is when do you think you'll be fighting? Have you got a date yet? When do you think you'll be fighting next? I haven't got an official date, no. But I'm very very sure that I'll be fighting in either May or June. Perfect. Yeah, um, so, Chris, if you did get the fight with uh, DeGell, I mean, I think he's uh, back with uh, Eddie Hearn again, how, how would it work out between uh, his contract, Hearn's contract with Sky and yours with ITV? How, 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 how do you think that will work itself out? Um, that's not my area of expertise, so okay. I can't give you that answer. Okay. for the managers, promoters, sure, sure. Um, to work out. Sure. Good. And uh, Chris, um, again, it feels like I'm giving you difficult, difficult questions, but um, just want you to be able to uh, g give the right answers to the or give your answers to the fans. Um, now, 
it was a tough fight against Quinlan when you won the belt. Um, I think, you know, considering that you just moved up in weight um, and, you know, you could argue that he was, he, that he had to beat a good caliber opponent um, in, in Gale, um, Daniel Gale. I mean, do you, how, how do you respond to some of the criticism about the performance, given that, you know, essentially he was a punch bag for the whole time you had him in the ring? Um, what, what would you, how do you feel about the performance now that it's gone a couple of weeks? And, and how would you respond to the criticism? What criticism has there been? I haven't heard any. I mean, so, okay, so there was a couple of, I say one specifically, maybe about you could, maybe could have knocked him out. Um, you know, did, where, how impressive were you, you know, in terms of will you be able to take the power up up, up to super middle? Um, you know, it, it was, he was the bigger man. So obviously it was going to be harder for me to uh, impose power upon him. But, you know, I didn't get hit. I dominated the fight for 10 rounds, didn't lose one round. Um, and I stopped the guy in the 10th round. So I, there's nothing to criticise, really. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy with the performance. Uh, I'd been out with an injury for the three months prior to that. So, um, you know, in my opinion, it was it was a perfect performance and, and it's something that I'm only going to build on uh, as a super middleweight uh, in the future. So I'm happy. Chris, a lot of people like um, you know talk about the IBO belt, and I don't think they really know about the history of the belt mm-hmm. and the list of distinguished world champions that have actually had this belt, all the way from Klitschko, Golovkin, I think he still got it, Manny Golovkin. Pacquiao, yep. Ricky Hatton, you know, Mayweather had it as well. Didn't yeah, you? I mean, like, um, so you know, I mean, if you were to educate these people about the history of, of the belt that you've got and the kind of people and the kind of champions that have held it, how, how would you send it to these guys? I mean, I, you've, you've said the names, you know, Roy Jones, Nassim Hamid, uh, Ricky Hatton, Lennox Lewis, all these guys, they they, they held the belt. And um, so it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not anything to be looked down upon. It, this is, it's the real deal. And, um, but we all know that, you know, I have a very dedicated army of of, of haters <laughs> who, who like to just jump on anything and everything that I do. Um, have you ever met so, any of these haters face to face, Chris? Is that something I always ask, like boxers, like you know, because all the boxers get hate, and I always ask them, "Have you ever had one of these guys come to you in your mm. face and say something?" Are they? Is that yeah. ever happened? <laughs> Say all boxers get hate, but trust me, you have, there's none of these guys have anything on what I get. Yeah, right? yeah, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. yeah, and as far as I've ever met one in person, no. You know, you you go on my you go on my uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you see some of the comments, and you think, you know, people don't really don't like this guy. Hmm. But if you was to walk out around with me in the street in the day or night time. You you would be uh, you know you'd see nothing but love pictures autographs handshakes everywhere I go. So (coughs) I mean, Chris, it's not something that worries me. People always are you know how do you deal with the haters and all this stuff, all the negative comments. But that's just that's just people who've got back from work and they just they've had a bad day and uh, oh look, you might post something online. Let me let me give them some. Let me give him some stick and make myself feel better. That's all that is. It's nothing. Mm. It's nothing more. Those same guys, they see me out there last a picture. 
And that's, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. So, I mean, you, you, you speak about that and, you know, we always talk about the trolls that are out there. Unfortunately, social media gives people a platform to open their opinions. But one of the things, and I have to say I was surprised, when you fought on the undercard of the Joshua fight uh, last year, um, um, I was I was there and the arena was, I, I won't say in love, but the, you, the, you got a lot of support from the arena. You finished your opponent, um, you did your customary stance and looked around. And, but I, I felt that you got a lot of um, positive feedback from the audience. So that's what kind of surprises me. And, you know, you speak about the hate you get from. And I, what I will say is, and this say from a, from a corporate level, maybe, and when I say that it's in terms of other promoters, I haven't seen them attack anybody the way your name has been attacked um, in terms of not just yourself, your father. That is probably one thing that has surprised me that, you know, promoters are quite quick to openly um, sort of criticise you guys. Um, and, and and I feel that you're right. The level of hate that you get is probably more a lot more than what other guys get. Um, but again, you're handling it well, as the call, previous caller said, you know, you just ignore the haters, as you've said yourself. You know what, just to go back on that point, because yeah, I think like Alden Harrison sent a wrote letter about this, and it's like mm. quite relevant. I think that's all to do with the I, um, ITV, uh, ITV move, because mm. suddenly like, they get a lot of independence, you yeah. know what I mean? And you know, promoters don't want boxers to get that kind of independence to work directly with the, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. so so no, I agree with you. Um, so, Chris, if you were to describe your two strongest assets, uh, what what would they be? Um, speed and determination. Those, I think, are the the things that um, I'm most uh, successful at bringing, or, you know, what I use the most to to win these fights. Um, You know, people always talk about power and stuff like that, but, you know, if if you're throwing one power punch to my five speed shots, you're not going to beat me. Mm-hmm. Unless and you it, knock me out, I'm not, and you're not going to knock me out. I know, I know, I know the punches that I can take. I've fought, I've, I've sparred with heavyweights and taken flush shots from heavyweights mm. before, and, and never, never, I've never hit the canvas before, never once in my career. If, um, you, if, if you were to fight Triple G, um, uh, Chris, uh, what, what, what would your game plan be? To search and destroy. Just usual, yeah, <laughs> yeah. To uh, take no prisoners. Yeah. That's the game plan. No, I like that. To put him on foot and, uh, and, and, and bring the fight to him. Every time this guy gets in the ring, people are already beaten. They're, they're, mm. they're scared. You look at them, they're like, oh, I just want to survive. I just want to make sure I don't get hurt. Mm. That's not that's not how you beat somebody like that. You go in there fearless. You go in there knowing that you're the man and that you're going to do what you need to do to get the win. Sure. sure. So, Chris, we've got another call and it'll be the last one. Um, so, zero four one. I see you, 041. The floor is yours. Hello? Ooh. I bet they dropped the phone. Hello, 041? Hello? Hi, yep. Hello? Who's this? Who's speaking? Yeah, it's it's Kofi from, from West London. Hi, Kofi. How are you doing? Uh, question or statement, yeah, Kofi? Again? A question or statement for Mr. Eubank Jr.? A question. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, man. Um, just first of all, just to say big up to you, to all you guys, man. Wrap some TV, man. We're, we're hoping that the, the audience will grow big. But you, appreciate that. Thank I you, just, Kofi. I just want to know what what his final goal is. Is does he want to surpass his dad? 
and and, and w- will he ever be moving up, up weight? That's what I want to know because for me, this this guy's got talent, man. Perfect. Thank you, Chris. You heard that, Chris? You heard that? The end goal is to become, you know, a dominant world champion to unify the division and to to become, you know, one of the pound for pound best fighters in the world, ranked that way. Anyway, I don't I don't really. People say you want to become better than your dad. That's not that's not in my mindset. I don't I don't worry about what my father did. I know he he had a great career and you know he did the things he did, but that's not that's not what's in my mind. What what's in my mind is is what is going to make me better. Mm. What I need to do to make myself the best fighter I can be. Not I don't I don't compare myself to any other fighter, including my father. Um, you know, so my my goal is to just become a successful. Um, a successful world champion. Oh, great. Thank you for that. Um, so, Chris, this big fight this weekend. You've mentioned it. Obviously, Triple G's taking on Jacobs. Um, one is, will you be watching that fight? Um, and I guess who, you, if if you're predicting J- uh, Triple G to win, what do you think Jacobs needs to do to in order to, to, to try and get a, a victory? So, this fight, um, I think it all comes down to the mind, you know, Anybody can beat any anybody can be beaten. Golovkin mm-hmm. you know, is not invincible. Mm-hmm. Um, if Jacobs goes in there with the mindset that I just that I just referred to, mm-hmm. he has a real shot. Whether he can do that or not uh, will, is 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 yet to be seen. Um, he's fast, you know. He, he's uh, he's got he's got a good engine. So it's it's just it's not even a physical thing now. It's just mental. It's whether he can go in there. Believing that he can win and pull it off. Oh, good. Thank you. Appreciate that. So, Chris, um, the Eubank brand in boxing is 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 a, is a well-known brand. Where, where, where do you want to take it? Yeah, where do I want to take the brand in terms of? In terms, in of, terms of, you know, merchandising business. business mer- you know. Um, <coughs> TV, you know, TV contracts, you know, just, just, just expect, you know, just like say, like say, like Anthony Joshua has got contracts with FC UK, etc. Blah blah blah. You know, do, do you want to expand on that brand? Yeah, I mean, you know, branding and and advertising and and merchandise. That's all. That's all there. That's all coming. I've got a website coming up, being made now. It's going to be selling uh, Team Ubank gear uh, that the fans can purchase. Um, do you want to do you want to shout you know, that out? Wait, I know it's not up yet, but do you want to shout it out for for the listeners? So it will be well, it'll be chriseubankjunior.com Nice uh, or eubankjunior.com I'm I'm still deciding. We we have both domain names, so we'll just pick one. But it'll be easy to find, and uh, yeah, we'll be able to uh, be able to buy signed gloves and and merchandise, hoodies and t-shirts and stuff like that, and that'll be up within the next couple of weeks. Perfect, Chris. We'll be um, we'll be reaching out to you for some giveaways, huh? So we can give it away on the yeah, show. Yeah. We, we can hook you up with a couple little things here, no worries. Fantastic. And sorry, you were going to say? But yeah, as far as far as the branding, I mean, it really, where I wanted to go, it, it just that, it, that depends on how successful I will come in the sport. You know, mm-hmm. all I have to do is keep my head down and keep winning, and and uh, and and my brand. Uh, you know my brand's success and and value increases just mm-hmm. just through me doing what I do as a fighter. 
So um, and and entertain and the entertaining style that you have as well, Chris, because I think that's one of the things we probably haven't touched on as much is that if you do look at your show reel of, of fights, you know you are an entertaining fire with with the speed that you mentioned as a great asset, but also when you do throw up the combination punches and you know the entertainment where we can see, you know, I can see a little bit of the Roy Jones emulation in terms of looking around and and, and throwing a shot for with low hands, you know, the hands by, by your way. So. No, really impressed with that. Um, so, Chris, one of the things we want to do, again, you know, raps on TV, we're for the fans, you know, for them to talk boxing, but we also work with, like, amateurs um, and pros that, or, or young pros, you know, guys that are just turning. Um, do you want to just give them a, a bit of a, a shout-out to the ones that are listening in terms of an encouragement to explain or maybe just give them the keys to get into the top of the craft of boxing? As an amateur fighter, the, 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 I mean, Ed, the main thing I can tell you to to becoming a successful fighter at any stage is sparring. Mm. That is number one. You know, you can cut out. People think that you've got to be amazing at pads and skipping and running and and uh, bag work and all that stuff. You know, you can cut all of that out. You can cut out every single aspect of your training if you just sparred. You you can you have a shot at becoming a successful fighter. Mm. You so, can't say that with any other part of training. Mm. Um, sparring sparring is number one. Yeah, uh, behind experience. sparring is, uh, is is your fitness, your you know your bag work and your running. So you know get in there and, and spar high quality people. Don't don't be going in there looking to have easy spars and light work. I never did technical spars. I've never done that. Okay. Um, you know. I know that's kind of like you know the the fashion now nowadays. Guys getting in there and kind of just, all right, we're just going to work on this and and you know not not too hard, light light sparring and all that. I've I've never I've never done that. In my personal opinion, you should get in there and you should treat it like it is a, a real fight. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to be able to prepare yourself, in my opinion, for a real fight is to put is to is to uh, replicate you know, simulate reality. Yeah. Rep- yeah. The, the 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 feelings of being hurt, mm-hmm. of hurting another man, exactly. of of of, uh, of of putting all your power into a punch, mm-hmm. you know, and taking a punch with full power as well. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you have to go through these things, and if you if you don't, if you wait until the night of the fight to go through them, then you, you're going to get you, you're going to you're, you're going to come up short. You have to you have to know your limits. You have to know what you are before you get into that ring in front of the big on the big stage. You know. Definitely. So, so Chris, um, so the youngsters out there spar. That's all I can say. No, perfect. So, just on the sparring, actually, two things. What's probably been your most difficult sparring, and who have you sparred that you think our listeners would be very surprised to hear about? I know you mentioned heavyweights before, so is it, I guess what's been the most difficult, probably the heavyweights. But who would who have you sparred that would be a surprise for most people listening? I mean, as a kid, I, I sparred, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty in Vegas. I was sparring. I was sparring world champions. I was sparring Zab Judah. I was sparring um, Chad Dawson. I was sparring. I was sparring loads of guys. I can't even remember some of the guys. There's so many names. Um, the hardest spar I've ever had is. Um, I, well, I went to Cuba. I went to Cuba, and I went to the. The National Olympic squad, they were training in Havana. 
and they do. They're very big on technical spars in the amateurs of the amateur the amateur mm-hmm. training program out there. Yep. I've never done that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I must have been. I must have been maybe like twenty twenty one. Um, I never did. Never did the technical spars. I didn't. And I didn't. They didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. So I, I got in the ring with some of these middleweights, and I guess it was supposed to be a a technical spar day. Mm-hmm. And I busted them up. I just went. I went in there and and hurt some of these guys. So uh, the next day, the head coach uh, for the Olympic team, the Cuban Olympic team, put me in with a with a heavyweight, the heavyweight Olympian that represented Cuba in two, uh, the 2012 Olympics. Wow. And this guy beat the crap out of me for three rounds. Really? Was that just like a revenge move by them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically teach me a lesson. Totally. You know, they knocked me out of the ring. Shit, um, everything. <laughs> Any footage of that, <laughs> or is that is that locked away somewhere? I, I wish there was because, and I'd be proud of that because yeah. I didn't give up. He didn't knock me out, mm. so I fell out of the ring. I got back in the ring. Ne- never knocked me out, um, and this was you know an experienced, you know ninety-one kg dude. Mm. Uh, um, you know, throwing haymakers at me for three minutes, uh, for, for, for 10 minutes. And, you know, I survived. And that's, you know, that, that was a huge, that was a huge achievement for me. I was proud of that day because, yeah, I got beaten up, but <clears throat> I didn't give up. Mm. I didn't give up. I didn't let him uh, break my spirit. Perfect. And if, he, if, if, if a man like that, of his size, can't break my spirit, then that's this is why I'm not worried about Golovkin. I'm not worried about any of these fighters in my weight division because mm. they can't hit harder than these guys. That, that guy did. Yeah. And yeah. speaking about haymakers, uh, you know, we had uh, your, your friend David Hay was on our show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, lose to Tony Belli, which was a massive shock to all of us here. But what do you think about that, Chris? And uh, have you spoken to him since? Yeah, I spoke to him. I spoke to him. I was with him after the fight. I was. I spoke to him the next morning before he had the uh, operation surgery. Um, you know, he's back on. He, you know, he's in recovery now, and it was a shock. But mm. you know, everything happens for a reason, in my opinion. And you know, he. he yes, he lost, but at the same time, he gained a lot of respect in that fight mm. um, because the injury that he had, that he sustained, a lot of fighters would have pulled out. They would have mm. given up. They would have given up. Yeah. You know, the very, the very minute that happened, they would have been like, sorry, I can't do yeah. it. I mean, how, how's he doing mentally, Chris? Is he, is, is, is he gutted? Is he is he happy? Is he just uh, resigned to the fact what happened? He, he lost. So, of course, he's, he's not happy. He's, he's, of course, he's not, you know, I mean, mm. he, he understands that um, you know these things happen in boxing and, and stuff like that but he knows he's a better fighter so yeah. I, I think he, he definitely wants to rematch um, but he, he he showed he showed he showed people he showed the boxing fans and the public that you know he's not he is he's a warrior you know he didn't he didn't give up he you know they had to throw the towel in otherwise he was going to keep going on that battered leg for the whole fight which a lot of fighters wouldn't have been able to do. They wouldn't have been able to mentally overcome that. He did. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, now all the jokes, people people always talking about, oh, yeah, how he talked about his toe and stuff like that against Klitschko and all that. You know, people won't ever talk about that anymore. Now yeah. it's just, now they talk about how he, he snapped his ligament, uh, he snapped his Achilles heel, mm. and he, 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 he went on another six rounds. Yeah. 
you know, and didn't give up. Yeah, no, it's so, very take true. positives from the negatives. Yeah, he's lost, but he'll be back and he'll get the rematch. And Definitely. we hope he does. You know, I'm from Tamblitz and it's just on the other side of the river was uh, where he was from. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was gutted, man. But so listen, Chris, um, thank you very much for your time today. We really do appreciate it, you know, giving, giving the listeners great insight into what your plans are and a bit of you, the personality, you know, it's been really interesting speaking to you today. Um, Chris, I'm sure they've got your social media, but do you want to shout out your social media so you can get more followers as well? Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Chris Eubank Jr., J-R. Um, and Snapchat's a good one because you'll be able to see all my training uh, each and every day. So follow me on that. Uh, but yeah, you know. Perfect. And thank we'll, you so much, Chris. Really appreciate it. You know, giving us this time. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll send you. We'll no, send you the show as soon as it's up tonight. Yeah, as soon as the show is up, we'll sit. Which will be late tonight, and we'll definitely be in touch with some giveaways. But listen, enjoy your weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, just get keep on training, and we look forward to the announcements about your next fight. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Thank, thank you very you. much. Cheers. So um, no, that was good interest, good interview. Um, yeah. Really intriguing, good insight. I mean, that piece about Cuba was um, a story to know. When you, a good story, you know, he's he's going to fight next May June. May. Looking at Degel, it's yeah. like strong possibility. That would be interesting. I think the money will be tight for that, but I think they will have a plan. You know, because obviously yeah. Matchroom and Sky. I'm but like, between Matchroom and up ITV, to that, that that they would be able to pull it off. Yeah, I mean, if review, HBO went and uh, uh, did it for the May and Showtime did it for Showtime, um, May yeah. with a Pacquiao. Yeah. It's been, I'm not saying these guys are of that level, but yeah. you know there is a blueprint to get these guys working yeah. together, and it's yeah. for the benefit of fans. So, no, I was really happy to get that done. Um, I guess let's just quickly finish up on Triple G um, Jacobs. Um, obviously, we heard Eubank talk about that fight. Um, I guess for you, you know, do you want to give your verdict in terms of how you see this fight going and the end result? It's, it's a very difficult. You know, I, I, you know, man, I always, I always sort of analyze these things right, and like uh, put some money down. But this one is a very hard one for some reason, man. Mm. I don't know why. You know, is it I mean, because there's been some upsets in, in in the past few months, or at least since Tyson Fury, at least. Um, no, I mean David Hay upset. I mean, you can see the you know that there's a pattern there for that because mm. you know you can we can compare say like Ricky Hatton. Ricky Hatton came back, great boxer. Mm. Got screwed up by Sevchenko, Sinfei, and you know you can put that down to ring rust, right? Okay. Now when you think in hindsight, you know there's only one guy that's really come back after a lengthy period and just paired on performing. Garcia. You know who that is? Garcia. No, Floyd Money Mayweather, man. Uh, yeah, we came okay. up against Marquez, <laughs> yeah, yeah? yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one, man. I mean, um, I'm gonna go for round five or six. Golovkin's gonna knock him out. Round five, six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just going back when I said Mikey Garcia, because I mean he's come back in the last Oh yeah, yeah. Months, he's um, done really well. So, but yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I I would agree with you. I think I'm gonna go with a Golovkin <laughs> late stoppage. Um, I think J- Jacobs could definitely surprise us. I think for me, the interesting thing is just gonna be the tempo of the fight. You know, all of Golovkin's fights. Um, his power eventually gets to the to the opposition the opponent and I just think Jacobs has to fight smart. You know, another thing that I've seen other guys do where it seems to get a bit of success is they fight, you know, from a slightly crouched down position, they're slightly lowered. Mm. So they're then arching and they're trying to get to the body. He's gonna um, have to be very that's why it's going to Virgil Hunter, isn't it? It's to really focus like Khan Khan left Fred Roach who's very aggressive exactly. forward uh, fighting uh, trainer to someone like Virgil Hunter is a lot more focused on defence, right? Precisely. So that in its in in its own way tells me what the game plan is it's gonna be a lot of focus on defence, moving with the punches, rolling mm. with the punches take the sting away you know this things like it. that you know so it's definitely going to be 
I think they're gonna definitely gonna try and outbox this yeah, guy. So the you first know, two rounds range, will be interesting. You know, counter box and just keep on mm. moving to prevent him from setting his punches. I think that's mm. what that what Jake is yeah. gonna try and, and do. And if you're looking at G- Triple G's team, I mean, obviously they've got the blueprint from the Pirog uh, Pirog fight that he yeah. lost. Um, and I would say Pirog is kind of like a replica of Triple G, probably just better on his feet. You know, he's got devastating hooks, far you know, more devastating power as cut, well. Cut, cut, cuts off the ring just yeah. as good, and his movement's fantastic, and he's a lot lighter. So yeah. I think for me. Trip Jacobs is going to have to how he deals with the power you know a couple of weeks back we said can somebody could Tony Bellew avoid the hits of David Hay and he you can't say he didn't avoid them but they didn't affect him as badly as we thought this is even before the injury so I yeah. think this is why for me the fight is intriguing because how is Jacobs going to deal with mm. Golovkin's power and he's clearly the more powerful and it's all also about seeing what I want to see is yeah. Golovkin being pushed back we always see Golovkin just coming forward I want to see him pushed back I want to see him having to think you know that's mm, so that's high guard you know I want to see a lot I more mean, of that if you remember after the Brook fight everyone was like coming out with um, you know he's been uh, found out, right? Mm. Yeah. Over oh, yeah. There was a lot of that. You know, mm. you know he's you know he's been found out. He's been found out. And the, yeah. the question was, and I was like, what, if it was someone bigger and a bit more powerful, mm. what would have been the impact of Golovkin? Yeah. yeah? Do, do you remember this I conversation? Remember right? Yeah, I remember that. So that people talk, then, when people talk about someone like Canelo, right? Yeah. For example, where Winky Wright on the show, who mm. thought, who thinks Canelo will, will be easily in. be triple G, mm. right? So that's something we're going to take into consideration here, man. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because Jacobs is a lot bigger than Brooks, mm-hmm. right? He's bigger. Than, he looks bigger than Triple G he as well. Does, he's he's, he's taller, yeah, the way it's going on now, but yeah, you know, he's, he's a lot. You know, he's a lot mm. taller than him as well. And he's a powerful he's puncher. He's got a long. I mean, he's got a lot of attributes, man. If That's what I'm saying. He's been using his advantage. Yeah. You know, he you know he, he could pull. But it you off. know what it is, and he is. But it's the disadvantages that you see when he fought uh, Mora and then he got knocked down. Um, who else did he fight? I mean, obviously he lost to Pirog. Um and that's where it's just a bit like, mm, is this? Yeah. It, with somebody at Golovkin's power, you know, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, what does somebody of Golovkin's power yeah. do to Jacobs if he flushes him on the chin straight? But it's one we're definitely going to be looking forward to. Um, guys, we're going to roll out and start winding down. So, Instagram, Inam, what's our Instagram? Uh, it's Raps on TV. F- Facebook, Raps on TV. Twitter is at Raps on TV. And don't forget, guys, you know, the show will be up on uh, iTunes podcast which is available both on ios and android yeah so if you ever missed the show don't forget you can download it and you can also stream it from www.blogtalkradio.com and the website is actually about to go live tomorrow morning so guys make sure you look out for that by the time you listen to this podcast www.rapsontv.com will be up and running we need you to go look at the website share it like subscribe all of that all of that all of that until we're back till next week watching this great fight on the weekend Andrew Selby Tony Bellew Tony Bellew that's right we changed it it. (laughs)